Good morning, Balls of Magic. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kimmy. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. You're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got my cup of love. You got your cup of love. Um, I'm Kim. Pronouns she, her, and welcome to How to Be Queer. I'm Alex. My pronouns are they, them. And this is our highly produced podcast, podcast about... What it's like to be a queer person. We do a lot of talking about allyship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're on the if if you're trying to come out or thinking about coming out, this is probably a great podcast for you to listen to because we keep it pretty real about what that experience is yeah. like. Not everyone likes real though. Not everyone likes real. That's that is definitely part of our topic today. Yeah. Um. Our our. Well, it's just. It's happy. I, this is a, I think I'm still, I've been talking about being on this like joyous path since if you've listened to previous episodes, I got through a really, you know, one of those milestone markers in life I kind of got through and I'm still kind of high on life a little bit from it and really just really focused on when we do this podcast, like understanding from our viewers or listeners and what we hear and that people really like learning about how to be allies. <clears throat> yeah. And so we try yeah. to break that down sometimes with a lot of snark and a little bit of humor. Always know it's meant in, in kindness, but I'm a snarky person and so are you. I know. I I had a I had a friend that from like years and years ago we would we would um banter on on Facebook about uh, with, you know, all the snark and then I I think I just I lost a little bit of my snark and now it's like it's definitely back because I just don't give a fuck. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I like, you know, you know, that whole like zero fucks thing. Like I actually give a lot of fucks around yeah. the things that really matter. I was going to say, I, I know I, I've, I hear people say like, I don't give a fuck. And that's been the, such a freeing thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's selective where I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck what someone thinks of me if they're trying to oppress me or make me fit in some type of box for them, then yeah. no, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But you know, obviously there's lots of things I give fucks about. And, and when, you know, I hear people say, I give zero fucks. I'm like, that's not actually a good thing. Yeah. You should give a you fuck about a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's just being selective. Mm-hmm. So I give selective fucks. Boy, yeah. this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we got to say, we got to do the things. So, Obviously, in this highly, highly produced podcast, um, we've got Captain Underbite here with us. He is wearing his Thunder shirt today, which means we're trying to keep him calm. His anti-anxiety. His coat. anti-anxiety coat. I need an anti-anxiety coat. I found one. Do you see? It's like a, it's like a, like a sleep condom, and it hugs your whole body, <laughs> and your feet hang out the bottom. I'm like, I sent it to you and bro friend. I was like, y'all need this. Let's all get one. <laughs> I just don't know if I can wear something that's called a body condom. Well, it's not called a body condom. It's like a, I don't know, it's called something When else. I think of a body condom, I think of like shapewear. <laughs> okay. Right? Like that shit is torture. Yeah. yeah let be, them, let your it, party let clothes you. are so binding. My party clothes are so binding. Um, okay, but we are brought to you by not only Captain Underbite and his Thunder shirt. I 
I really wish people could have a visual of this right now. I, I think I think today I'll I'll put a, a photo of him on our Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. Go to, uh, once you've listened to this, go to our Instagram account so you can see what Captain Underbite looks like today. Yeah. Um, we are also powered by Youth Scene. Yes. Youth and then Scene S E E N dot org. Um, if you have been enjoying our podcast, consider popping over to their website and, and dropping them some love. Um, amazing organization that really supports the LGBTQ youth, which is so incredibly important. Yeah. Highlighting the intersections of um, the QT BIPOC community. So last week you would have listened to an episode about Alex and T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. And... Wow, sometimes in customer service, you could actually end up on the phone with a real live trans person. <laughs> so what? we're real. We have feelings. The drama. The drama. So our our goal is uh, with that episode was to to really highlight for you if you are a part of an organization. That was snark. And bring Go ahead. snark. <laughs> if you are a part of an organization that deals with the public. Which I don't know what kind of organization doesn't like deal with the public in some way. There's, there's probably a need to bring some training in-house because you could end up working with a real live trans person. Yeah. And so we're going um, we're gonna to go through a, a, another kind of episode this week around when you are a business or an organization. And you say, oh, we're such an inclusive place. Well, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you, again, a real-life example of uh, an experience that you and I have had around what inclusivity actually looks like in practice. Not in theory, yeah. but in practice. Because theory is, oh, I'm so inclusive. So how does that actually show up? So we're going to get into that today. So we'll call this, last week was Alex versus (laughs) T-Mobile. This is going to be Kim and Alex versus the gym. Oh boy. Yeah. I can almost hear the fragility coming through, but. Ah, I'm melting. (laughs) And again, you guys got to, listeners, you you know we do this with a lot of snark, um, but it is also with a lot of kindness and love. It's just, we're snarky people. That's who we are. Yeah. And, you know, and earlier about the, about the allyship, like, you know, just, um, never mind. I'll, 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 we'll circle back. I'll, I'll circle back. Yep. So, um, okay. Do we, do we want to, oh, we are also, we have some, some listener mail, which uh-huh. again, we will be sharing. You guys have been amazing about reaching out to us and sending us yeah. your stories. And we love hearing from our community. So please continue to send, um, continue to send those notes and those stories to us because we really do love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. We do, we do. So I'm going to start this week. Let's deep dive in. We're, we're, going, we're going deep, Alex. <laughs> Can I make... No, I won't. I won't even I won't go there. My parents listen to this I'm podcast. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> All right. Sorry, not sorry. We talk, about, we talk about Brene Brown a lot. And so I'm going to start with... A very, very short and sweet quote from Brene Brown, which really just sets the tone for this episode, which is, in order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it 
and not how you imagine their experience to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it one more time. Yep. Let it sink in, allies. In order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. So do you want me to go through the background of why we're talking about this? Yes, let's do it. So I, you, our listeners, you've heard us talk about this before. Alex and I are, um, Alex in particular, is a, has been in the fitness industry for 20 some odd years. Yeah. Um, fitness is a mental health practice for you. Um, I think that we can, well, maybe we'll get into this after we tell the story about the gym, or maybe we can talk about it now. But in particular, for a person, um, a trans or non-binary person, fitness is really mental health care for you. Yeah. And, and also how difficult it is to access, well... Yeah, to have in, access to, to inclusive places that are around fitness. Yeah, yeah. I've worked to other... In, Another, I worked in, at another gym where, you know, the staff were talking about how this other, a trans member would get, you know, harassed by other members. And I'm like, why didn't you say anything? Like all these little things, you know, so. I think we can, um, and we've, we, we have talked about it on here, but just again, for, as a reminder that the fitness industry tends to be very much in a binary. Oh gosh, absolutely. The way that the classes are organized, the way that the, the, the even the imagery that is used in gyms, yep. um, it is very much pushing folks into one binary or another, yep. um, which as we know, is not actually the way that the world is. Most of us live, uh, you know, even if you identify with being in a, in a binary gender, we are, embracing the fact that a lot there is much more fluidity in gender um than maybe marketing wise is projected to us gyms being one of the worst places oh yeah for perpetuating um harm when it comes to uh, how we identify gender so next time you go to your gym walk around and you'll see you'll see what we're talking you'll about. look at it in a different way um and then we can get into with gyms all of the body shaming culture yeah. that is then piled on top of the way that they look at, at, at gender. Um, this is an industry, I mean, we, we joke around like burning stuff down. Holy crap, the shame, the diet culture, um, the, it, it all needs to change. And so it, listeners, if there's somebody out there that, is a, that, that holds some power within that industry, start thinking about how you can use your voice for change here. But I do want to, I mean, because this is obviously a very important part of this episode is that Alex, can you talk to us a little bit about when you are going through a transition or you're a person who has transitioned, feeling how you feel in your body is a huge part of that transition. And that is really linked to your physical fitness. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about just what that experience has been like for you during your transition? Um, I guess. So say a little bit more. So you mean like, like going to I think what I mean what I'm what I'm trying to ask and I'm not doing a very good job doing it your gender lives between your ears yeah well all of us our gender lives between our ears right and so there is a physical transition that does happen if we look at pictures of you from 10 years ago yeah right even though you were you know fitness has always been a part of your life 
when you decided, hey, I'm going to socially transition, I'm going to physically transition, there were certain ways of working out that was going to help aid your body in that transition. Yeah. And so physical fitness and having access to places that you could do that, whether it was lifting a certain way or building up different muscles, that was an important part of your transition. Yeah. I think what just popped up is that, um, I mean, ever since I was in late high school and I started to kind of get into lifting, you know, it became about, it was obviously awareness comes in layers. And so the, like the, like some of the, the earliest layers were, I just want to look, I want to look big and strong. I want to have big muscles. And, you know, it was very kind of like superficial on the outside, but also, um, you know, I did always have, I liked, I was attracted to the aspect of the level of work it takes to actually transform your body. And so, you know, like bodybuilding, I wouldn't ever say, I'm, I'm not interested in bodybuilding, but I know that those, anyone who does something sports, physical, it's, it requires to truly change your body, just like change anything in life. It takes a tremendous amount of work. And so, you know, like you just keep going through and I'm doing fitness and I'm teaching classes and all this stuff. And so, um, it's not that I lift to look like a man or to look like something. I, I think what comes into play when I, when I am lifting, when I'm, you know, deadlifting three, you know, 300 pounds or I'm squatting, you know, what, like it's cool to be like, Oh, I did this, but actually it's training for life. It's building my resilience and my emotional resilience, my emotional strength and my physical strength, which is where it started out to be. But then it becomes, but I'm emotionally strong enough to, um, handle a lot. And, and then again, going back to being like in my twenties and working out and pushing myself, like I loved, I loved the ache and the sore. Like I could feel, you know, I didn't want to have sore muscles, but I, it, it made me feel real and alive. So I, I, I will I will say that I have um, since we're, we're talking really about our physical health today and then we'll get into allyship at gyms and what that looks like um, my experience in a, in a in a gym has been um, I think that there is a shame culture for women diet culture um, and my goodness if you if, if listeners if you lived through the 90s with the wave culture when I think about like Kate Moss and where we went through a period of time for women that it was, how could you whittle yourself down to like, you know, 90 some, 90 some pounds. Yeah. And look, I'm not a 90 pound woman. I think I weighed 90 pounds in like fifth grade. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm also though a very fit person. You would look at me and think, I definitely have a curvier figure, but you would not look at me and, and, and ever probably use the words like overweight, you know, anything like that. However, I have felt the weight, weight, not weight, like physical weight, but like on your shoulders, the weight of society of, of really trying to push my, 
body into something it's just not going to be. And I've also felt the shame culture of not being a size two. Yeah. Uh, Always feeling like no matter what my body looked like, it was never good enough. Yeah. It was never thin enough. Um, You couldn't see, um, you know, muscle definition. But at the same time, I'm like running half marathons and doing triathlons. And I'm like, how is it that I still don't physically feel enough? Yeah. And that shame culture, um, we could probably do a whole bunch of different uh, other episodes on it. But my God, I would really love to break that down. Yeah. Of my body is not something. And we have the book actually sitting right in front of us right now. The body is not an apology. Yeah. I should not be apologizing for the fact that I have cellulite, that I am not a size two. Yeah. I, um, I have gone through something similar, like, you know, where you, I've done the diet pills and, you know, I was bulimic for a while in my twenties and where you just, you know, torture yourself to look a certain way and, I think it, you know, it's all connected to like some aspect of like finding, well, creating yourself and self-love and what does that actually really feel like and look like? So I remember not, not long ago, um, I had sent you, we we were looking at something on Pinterest. We were, you know, just goofing around on social media. We're looking at Pinterest and there was this picture of, of, of a woman and I was like, oh my God, her body to me was just, it was so fit and strong. And I was like, Alex, that's what, like when I think about what I want to have my physical body look like, because in uh, you were kind of just saying like, um, how do I match emotionally how I feel with my feelings and how does that come through the way that my physical body shows up in this world? And for me, I feel emotionally, internally, the person that I am, I feel really strong, yeah. really strong and and who I am, where I'm going, what I'm about, what my vision and mission is for myself, all of that is really aligned for me internally. Externally, I'm not so aligned yet. So I know that strength is the thing that I, like how you were just saying, like strength is the thing that I see. So I see this picture on Pinterest with you and I'm like, Alex, that's what I wanna look like. And you looked at me and you said, honey, do you know what that person probably went through to look like this physically? And I was like, no, I actually don't. And you broke it down for me. This person has probably starved themselves to just eating like chicken breasts and water for months to get the picture to look like this with the definition of their models. They are probably so dehydrated because you can't even put water into your body to look like this. And that was a moment for me where, and then you of course said to me, the things that you always say to me, like, do you have any idea like what your body actually looks like? Like, you know, yeah. and, and very aff- affirming, I think that you, you like my body. I love your body <laughs> in lots of ways, <laughs> lots of ways. So how wonderful and what a blessing to have a partner like that, that, that makes you feel that. But it was a wake up call to me that, and, and I, it's so stupid because I am a part of, of a media machine sometimes that can put those images out. Yeah this is not real. And, and this woman is smiling in this picture, but nothing about it is actually how you really want to live. Yeah. Yeah. There's a giant, um, it makes me think of, there's a giant 
well, this is more like a like a at the a place I worked at where there's this giant picture of a of a woman sitting down doing like a like the whatever namaste pose, namaste pose and she's got her legs crossed and she's sitting down and when you sit down you're you know regardless of however small or big or whatever your body looks like your your torso like shortens and so like there's skin and but this in this picture this giant what like five foot by five foot picture at the top of the stairs is this she's got it's completely airbrushed cut out to perfect abs no no hand no side you know side handles or whatever you, you know what are we call skin natural body what a real body looks like and i'm like can we take this picture down please so it's gross it's, it's gross the images yeah. that we put out there and especially in gyms where you got to do you start every class you want to tell what what do you start every class with what's the mantra you tell people um pretty much you know welcome to class my name is alex my pronouns are they them your job is is to do the best you can with the body that brought you in here but yet we're walking into gym places that are continually giving us an image of a body that for 99 percent of the population is not obtainable yeah so yeah i wanted it so it's like important that we create spaces where you know you got to walk, you literally walk through a gym to get to the room to go to class or you're walking through the world, like being bombarded by all these things. And you just have to like, you know, how do you create your safe space? So now we're going to take it a, a layer deeper, right? Because there's, there is a safety and a safety aspect for all people in a gym, right? Yeah. Of what we're talking about, the, the imagery that's put out there, the toxicity that can exist in gyms. And now we're going to talk about being a gay person walking through those gym spaces yeah, and how utterly unsafe it feels. Yeah. So, and then as a trans person, it's even that layer deeper. Yeah. I know. We just kind of paused and looked at each other and both went. <sighs> yep. Okay. So I joined, um, so it will, I, I'll, I'll kind of, I got, I did have to make some notes on this one because it's, it's a lot to unpack, but in a lot of ways, I want to say like, if you are a gym owner or you're a part of that system, we're going to talk about how you piss off a queer person (laughs) really, really badly. And I'm kind of pissed. I'm angry. I'm annoyed. Um, and I'm going to, we're going to take up a lot of space on this one. Mm -hmm. And so if you are if you are listening and you are really interested in being an ally, like this is one you got to drop some defenses and some fragility walking into this space with Alex and I today. Mm-hmm. We we talk about this a lot: taking up space versus making space. If you're an ally right now, this is an opportunity for you to make some space. Really, here without your defensiveness. Yeah, take a deep through. breath. Take a deep breath with Put us. Put down your sword and yep. your shield. This is not an attack. It's not an attack. It is an opportunity to hear. As yep. I started off with Brene Brown, I just want you to hear and empathize with a situation that Alex and I were in. Yeah. In the spirit of learning. Yep. With a side of snark. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so like many of us um, through the last you know, what, 18 months of, of COVID and, and we're still not through it. 
Um, but but we're we're kind of coming through the other side with with some of us that we're we're vaccinated. We're we're um, able to kind of go into these spaces of gyms and stuff again and feel pretty safe with it. So through COVID, I gained about ten pounds. And um, like most people out there, it's like, yep, I got to get back to myself. I got to get back to health and wellness. And um, I love CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I've always liked CrossFit. And I found um, a CrossFit gym five minutes from our house. And I started going about seven or eight months ago. And uh, it worked really well with my schedule. Um, the health and safety precautions that they were taking felt really good. I felt really safe in the space. Um, but there was an element when I had met with the gym owner, I met with the gym owner privately before I even signed up and said, I am an LGBTQ person. I really would like to know your thoughts around creating inclusive spaces. Mm-hmm. And the answer that I got was, listen, we are, we are all here for it. We're, we're an inclusive space. Come as you are. Um, and I was like, I, I guess I had heard enough language, not necessarily where I felt safe, but I felt like I was at least getting some of those buzzwords where I'm like, they've met a gay person. Yeah. I mean, it's once again, like it, it always comes down. It, sometimes it comes down to, because we are the, we end up being the ones kind of asking to for, be, you know, for permission to come into spaces. Like I'll come to your space if you're inclusive. And then the person being like, well, of course we're inclusive. And now we're going into a thing of like, but do a, are you really? And I'm going to have to trust that. Exactly. And that what's, that happens to us ever with every thing. Um, yeah. So that, that being said, I went in saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. We're going to do this. Yep. We're going to trust gonna you. do this. So I know some people are probably like, um, CrossFit seriously. Yeah. Like CrossFit is, is talk about being binary. CrossFit is very binary. And yeah. we, we talked about this, that, you know, there were definitely experiences over the months that I've been there where well-meaning and well-intentioned people would say things to me. And I'm like, they either don't recognize that I'm queer. They don't know that I'm queer. Mm -hmm. And so again, I'm getting that insider look of like, Oh, so this is what you say when you don't know that the person is queer. (laughs) Um, I did have one person openly mock they, them pronouns in front of me. And I had to school school them Mm -hmm. and say, my partner is they, them. Did you know that? And watch them completely fall apart. (laughs) That was good time. But recently, and so like most, um, most gyms and most CrossFit places, you have a place on social media that's just for your members, a private Facebook page. And I'm, I'm on that to kind of keep updates on, you know, when are classes, uh, what, what's coming up, uh, you know, as far as, you know, future events at the gym. And for the most part, it's kind of like this fun, um, this fun Facebook page. And I get on and I see that there's a couple women that started a post and the post starts out where they're talking about, oh, look at us. We showed up today in matching outfits. We're so cute. It's like we're partners. And that in itself, partners is is a word that is used really commonly because you have partner workouts and things like that through CrossFit. Partner wads. Partner wads and things like that. Totally makes sense. But then the comments and the comment section under this post it is a bunch of women joking around now about being in threesomes together, about being thruples, 
I mean, really kind of like joking around about how I read it. They're joking about being gay. Yeah. I mean, it's like you could cue Seinfeld being like, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're joking around and laughing back and forth. I'm like, but basically like you're, you're making fun of being gay. Yeah. And I sat on it and sat on it and sat on it because it turned my stomach when I read it. I'm like, so basically being joke for being gay, being gay was a punchline. Yeah. I saw it days ago too. And I had, you know, just kept going, but anyway, but it, when you, I was with you when you read it and you were like, ugh. well, I had seen it and then I just, you know, you just on a side note, you just get sometimes so used to seeing bullshit like that. You're like, whatever. You just get really desens, almost desensitized. You're like, yep, another day. And they're like, actually I stand for this and I'm going to circle back around. So, uh, yeah, essentially the, the post in the threads basically saying, ha, 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 it's so cute to pretend to be gay. Like, you're stealing my partner. Blah, 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 blah. You're stealing my partner. I guess we're a threesome now. And it just, it was gross. Yeah. It was gross. And, you know, this is where, did I make a mistake? Did I not make a mistake? I don't know. I got so irritated with these comments. I finally was like, I can't take it anymore. And I go into the comments and I write, kindly said, this isn't funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like shut my laptop and walked away. Well, holy shit. And then the admin turned off the comments. The next thing you know, the admin who is the gym owner turns off the comments and is in my, is now texting me saying, why did you write that basically? And I don't know, Alex, like, look, maybe this is one of those times I just had to swallow the fact that they were openly assimilating and making fun of gay culture without realizing that they were. And I could have been like, put your blinders on Kim, put your blinders on and put your head down and just keep going. But I said, I don't really find this funny. And now I'm like, well, fuck, now I'm in it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to have to explain why this wasn't funny. So I start off by, before I even respond to the, to, the, to, the, to the owner of the gym, to the admin of the page, I was like, let me take it to the person that actually did the post and say, hey, like, this is kind of what I'm talking about. Nope, nope. Sorry, folks. He's on his way outside. He's on his way outside. Wait, on his way outside. So I did want to say, because I want to lean in. I want to yeah. lean in with people and, and say to them, like, hey, you might, you might not understand when I said that this wasn't funny. You might be sitting there like, I have no idea why this isn't funny. Somebody help me out. Yeah. So I'm going to go in with that. I'm going to go in with, like, kindly saying this to you. You are, you are doing something that is going to, that for some of us is going to come up as really insensitive yeah and I'm gonna go in and say this in a way that I hope you can hear me and that we can bridge something here yeah because we value value connection I do I really do value connection and for fuck shit damn I've been in that position yeah where I have said something I may have been using my snarky inappropriate humor and I fucked it up please call me out on it yeah please and do it publicly you don't even have to do it privately with me. Yeah. Say to my face, hey, do you know how that might land? Oh, shit. I don't. Yeah. Tell me. Yep. Tell me. I'm in this. I'm in this. I want to learn. Yep. 
So not everyone's like that. Nope. So I gave this person the opportunity privately after I said, hey, kindly said this isn't funny. I privately went to them and said, hey, can, can I tell you why this wasn't funny? And they did not like that. Oh, no. So I got, as much as I tried to kindly come into it, um, they could not see what I was talking about. Yeah. That assimilating a gay culture when you are, and, and you're doing it as a punchline, it's, it's actually not funny and it can cause a lot of harm. Yeah. The last message I got from them when I said, you know, listen, it, it just isn't funny. And it's not about what your intent was. It's about the impact that your joke had. Mm-hmm. So you can say that, the, what, is our, what is our line? Oh, people always tell on themselves. They always tell on themselves. Always. Yep. And your intent and your impact are two different things. Yeah, and I think, you know, like how you can say things and your, beha- your behavior tells on you. And, and, and being like, when s- that people are completely unaware of how, their own, how they behave. So I kindly reach out to this person and I say, hey, intent and impact, two different things. Yeah. Your intent was to be tongue in cheek making these jokes, but the impact of it is actually felt on me and my partner. Yeah. Where it's now feeling like we're a punchline. Yeah. You either see that or you don't. Yeah. And I got message after message saying, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And it gets particularly, I love that word, particularly um, scary because, you know, in spaces like a CrossFit gym, um, you can, it's a family. Like anytime you go into some kind of system, any kind of system, so, you know, it's, it's now we have infiltrated their system and they're going to, it's, and it operates like a toxic family system. So if, if one person in that toxic, like Glennon, one person in that toxic system feels like they are under attack, even if, you know, it's irrational or it's, or, or even though they're not. They, the entire toxic family can show up for the person who's actually not, you know, the person that's actually causing the harm, causing the harm. So then it becomes all about them. And then we inadvertently who are like, Hey, we're here. We're trying to figure this out. Leaning in. We inadvertently just get ostracized. Yeah. And it shows like how anti anti-human, anti, um, you know, gay, anti-trans, uh, a, a, a situation can really be. So, so I, you know, obviously I privately, privately call this person in to have a conversation with me. Hey, this is, your intent may not have been making fun of gay people, but the impact on an actual real live gay person to gay people is that this felt, this felt gross. And this person, man, they doubled down in every way that they could. And so I want to, we've, this, this is something that applies to everyone in life, not just, um, you know, gay culture. But if somebody says to you, this is what this experience for me was, just hear them, Mm -hmm. just pause, let that person take up some space and try to hear them. And I, I do this in training a lot with people. 
that when you get that information, I start to identify where you feel, if you feel defensiveness or fragility coming up. Yeah. And when you feel it, when you feel yourself starting to become defensive, that is the moment for you to say, I need to hear something here. Yeah. I need to just shut down my defensiveness, take in what the person is saying, and then decide what do I need to do. Yeah. This person told me after I had said, kindly, 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 mm-hmm. I, can you hear me? Their last message to me was, I am not joking, nor do I recognize any jokes or implications of the gay community in that post, but I apologize. <laughs> and then they, they, they outed other members. Well, this person didn't. This person just said, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. And then was like, I hope I get to me- I, I hope I get to see you again in the future. I'm like, actually, no, I don't want to see you at all. And that's not an apology. It is not an apology to say somebody, I don't thank you for telling me everything that you're telling me. No, I'm going to completely invalidate your feelings. Sorry. That's not an apology. No. Like you, you just say, just say, nope. <laughs> nope. And I would have said, okay. But to give me this pity card almost, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, we are not, you are not hearing anything I'm saying. So, okay, so that's the person that actually made the joke. The gym owner at this point is now messaging me, messaging me, messaging me. And these are long messages, and in every single one, it is invalidating what I have said. Yep. It is, well, I, oh, I mean, and there's so many things that we can get into where she just stepped in it and stepped in it and stepped in it, and she kept stepping in it because she couldn't hear what I was saying. Yeah. She immediately went to, she defended the person that made the joke. Yeah. She defended them by outing relationships that either, I don't know if it's that the actual person making the joke or it was the other people that were involved, but it was, well, they have a queer friend. They have a queer child. At one point, somebody was involved in a queer relationship. So obviously they couldn't mean harm. And I am actually laughing at this point because I'm like, oh my God, we're playing the I have a black friend card. Uh huh. I thought that went out in like 2020. <laughs> like we learned that just because you know one gay person or like that doesn't mean that you don't actually cause harm or do microaggressions. Yeah. You can't play the I have a gay friend card. I know. I, I, yeah, I try to put on a trainer hat and be like, okay, there's things called microaggressions, macroaggressions. Here's how this comes across. And that's the point when she said that I was scrutinizing your character. Oh, yes. So yes. now we're, so, so now after message after message after message from the gym owner invalidating and defending repeatedly just the fact that we're saying, you guys were making a joke, we didn't find it funny. We're now days and messages into this woman still defending by playing they have a gay friend they couldn't possibly mean harm well that's just the way that we talk at crossfit that that it couldn't possibly be harm my favorite like sticking point i need to be switzerland i have Uh. and i'm like oh my god 
which we got to break down again for people. Neutrality is so neutrality harmful. is so goddamn harmful. Mm-hmm. Neutrality does nothing but protect the people that are oppressing others. Yep. Because you are not willing to stand up and stand for anything. You stand for no one. Yep. And I'm sorry, folks, but the the cisgendered heteronormative people in this situation are not the ones that needed to be stood up for. They are in the majority. Mm-hmm. We are in the minority. Mm-hmm. So when you stay neutral, that is the same thing as standing for the majority. You either get that at this point or you don't. Yep. Not complicated. Good thing we're recording this because they can listen to that again. Louder for the people in, in the, the back. back. <laughs> when you say, I am neutral, what are you really saying? Yeah. You got to dig deep people and think about that. Yeah. I've, I've had friends, and I'm sure I've said it at some point, but I've, yeah. It's, it's very, I don't want to get involved. I'm da, 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 da. I'm neutral. Okay. So bye. So you're basically saying if I can't stand up for when a person who is in the minority is saying this was harmful, if I can't stand up for that person, I am standing with the people who are oppressing mm-hmm. period. End of sentence. So you also mentioned microaggression. We've talked about this on here before. Quick reminder, when we say microaggression, we mean the small, what feel harmless jokes that people make. Yeah. And a lot of times what people don't realize is microaggressions are so small. It's like a paper cut. It's like a tiny little paper cut. Ouch, that hurt. It's the accumulation of those paper cuts that can sometimes happen to a person a thousand times in a day. It is death by a thousand paper cuts. And that's what that joke was to me. Mm-hmm. It was small. It was passive. It really wasn't. If you just look at it in that one sliver, it's not a big deal. But for you and I, when we are constantly hearing these jokes over and over and over again, it starts to feel like a small death every time. Yep. They also could not hear that or see that. It is the accumulation of these jokes that ends up being impactful to us where you just don't feel safe anymore. Yep. Woman that made the joke and gym owner could not grasp that. Nope. That this is not the first time that I've heard this and I'm just tired and I'm calling it to your attention. She also came back to me with, this is the gym owner. Well, I've talked to now a bunch of other people at the gym and no one has ever heard anything anti-gay here. (laughs) And I'm going to break this down for you. So you mean to tell me that the cisgendered heteronormative people haven't picked up on the anti-queer jokes. You don't you, fucking you don't kidding me. Say. You don't say. You don't say. They haven't picked up on some of the anti-gayness here. That's shocking. Of course they haven't. They don't see mm-hmm. it. They don't even know to look for it. Because they're living in a world that is constantly reflecting back their rightness. Uh They're not living in the margin where you hear these subtle microaggressions day in and day out. So you telling me that the straight cisgendered people didn't hear it and therefore invalidating what my experience has been? Come on. Should we play Gaslighter by the chicks? 
Yeah, this is gaslighting. Mm -hmm. This is gaslighting. I am going to take your experience and now I'm going to keep throwing everything at you to make you doubt what you actually felt and heard. That is abuse. Yep. Oh boy, and what does our gym owner end up doing when we called her out on this? Oh, well, which part? Um, When we called her out? When we basically said... Okay, you need to stop. You need to stop and just hear us. We had one ally in the gym who was also reaching out to her saying, you got to just hear them. You have to just hear that their experience is not the same as yours and mine. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah. She could not do it. No, I, you know, I, I, we use the word, the phrase double down, but it was like quadruple down. Oh, it's message after message. Message after message completely... So then, so then, so let's just like keep keep moving forward because you and I were like, I felt suspended for, for several days. I'm like, do I stay or do I go? Do I let this, um, do I let this go and just like keep walking in there? I'm like, you know what? There were moments for reparation and you and I, I feel like we circled back multiple times. Can you see how this feels to us? Can you acknowledge what the impact of this was? Tried to give it space, you know, and I, I do my, I do things on my TikTok where, you know, I, I add in some snark and some humor because you, it, otherwise it's just really heavy. And, and so, you know, Facebook posts got shared in, in my TikTok and it was still my fault. Well, I guess that's, that's, that's kind of where we, what, what because I was, I think we were still sitting at the table with this person. Yeah. Saying, okay, um, you're still not hearing us. Yeah. So I want to like give allies out there. So what should this, what could this person have done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really fucking simple. Yeah. Oh my God, Kim and Alex. I did not realize how that joke could have landed. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much for telling me. I am going to be better at listening and acknowledging these things in the future. I hope we can move forward. And what would you and I have said? Great. We'll still pay you hundreds of dollars a month and keep coming to your gym. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing me. Yeah. I get that you, it's not something that you would have picked up on. And that's why we told you. Yeah. Because we actually care. Because we actually care. Mm-hmm. So allies, that's what you need to do. Right? Drop. If you feel yourself getting defensive, drop it. And that's your opportunity to lean in and listen. I guarantee you, if you can do that, the person that you're talking with that's bringing this to you is going to be really fucking grateful. Yep. Okay. That's not what happened. No. So far from far from it. After message, after message, after message of being told or or trying to be invalidated. Yeah. Right. This isn't what other people heard. Huh? You mean the hetero people didn't hear what I heard? (laughs) Funny. Um, how we, you know, just, just not hearing us. We then got the message from her that she felt that her character was being scrutinized. Mm-hmm. And I can hear, like, if you're gay and listening, believe me, I hear, I hear you right now. It is that collective sigh that we're like, and now it's all about you, her, her, yeah, and her feelings, and that she feels attacked and scrutinized, and that her character has come into question. When all we've been trying to do this entire time is point out how this is not about her. Mm-hmm. 
So you're waving your hands in front of her face, like saying, "Hello, this is not this is about not you. about you." That kindly said, "It's not about you. It is about having an awareness to how jokes and microaggressions impact people, and you cannot see it." And now, Alex, I'm in a position with her where I'm like, "I'm going to have to apologize to this woman," and I'm kicking myself because I fucking did. So I tell her, Shell, oops, sorry, I am sorry that this landed on you. That was not my intent to make this about you. And I am like, listen, this ain't the first time I've had to do this. Oh my gosh, right? I'm like, you, we'll that's what I'm last. saying. Like for, for our gay community that listens, like I hear you sighing right now because this is the sick reality that we live in. Mm-hmm. Somebody does something they don't mean to. They don't mean to cause harm, but they have. Mm-hmm. And you want to say to them, can you see how this landed on me? And now you're in a really precarious position as the person in the minority because you've brought attention to it. The person that you need to have awareness around it doesn't. And now you are left in the position where you are having to apologize to them because you've made them uncomfortable. And what do you do? What do we do now? Because now we're apologizing to her. She has twisted and manipulated the situation to be about her and her fragility. Yeah. Her character feels scrutinized. So where do we go from here? Where did we end up going? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you it's an ebb and flow where you like, you know, you are trying to step up and you, but then you inevitably have to like make yourself small and then, and and you're willing to do that for a little bit. And then, so it's like, yeah, you have, you, you have to finding truly safer spaces, inclusive spaces is difficult and so you have to leave and then they're where are you at well I'm just I'm just at the place where I'm I'm angry with myself that I apologize to her because I did it to to try to salvage something for uh, for you and I I don't know what's wrong with the dog today. The dog is off the chart today. I I apologized in the hope that that apology was going to salvage something of the good that we had had there. Yeah. And recognizing um, after I had tried to just help this woman's ego Mm -hmm. that number one, it left me feeling even shittier. Yeah. And I've done that too. It didn't even help. Yeah, because as you stated out in the beginning, um, the the wagons felt, except for one other ally there, the wagons felt very circled around. We are not a part of their family. Yeah, we are the outsiders. We are the people in the margin, and because we spoke up, they don't even realize that they are pushing us farther and farther and farther into that margin. Yeah. So we quit. Yeah, we quit. We we are. I wrote, um, wrote her and said, I don't think we're going to come together on this. Yeah. And she agreed. 
Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. And there's that, 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 you know. She is relieved that we are leaving. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, she even said, she's like, no, I'm not relieved, but I'm like, but. But you are. You are because now the pressure, you are no longer being challenged. Exactly. You are no longer being challenged by someone's truth and by someone's honest feelings and you're no longer having to be uncomfortable and but we are and good thing we're badasses and so we're just gonna keep moving along and find another space but that causes like you know change is not easy so well no and and I, I you said that so so well inevitably right businesses say we want to be inclusive Mm -hmm. we want people every single person to walk through the store and feel comfortable if you're in the majority in those spaces that means that sometimes you are going to have to be uncomfortable to make the people that are in the margins feel comfortable yeah and sometimes that means you're gonna get checked yeah you should get checked we all should. should get checked of this is how this landed on me. Can you understand how that felt? Can you acknowledge it? And can we both move on to say, we're all going to try to do better. If you can't live in that tiny space of discomfort for all of five minutes, you are not an inclusive space. Mm -hmm. Period. End of sentence. Mm -hmm. So to your point, and I need you to say it again for people, what ended up happening when we quit? What happened to her? You just said it. She yeah. she isn't able to understand that, that actually she is relieved because she's no longer having to be challenged. Exactly. Her norm, her little, I shouldn't say, I don't mean like little in, in, a, in a condescending way. Her world is. Gets to continue going unchecked. Gets to stay unchecked. Therefore. What she doesn't realize is that it, that prevents her from evolving and growing and learning something. So we, we kind of talked about this too, that we found out um, through the process of this, that the, the person that had made the original post who told me, I didn't do anything wrong in this post, but I'm sorry, that they are actually quite close. Yeah. And that to me was such a light bulb moment because I thought, right, if we do not have people in our lives that are mirroring something for us that is different than our reality. It's really hard to learn. Yeah. We need all of us to have diversity in our lives because we have to have our thinking challenged on a granule day-to-day basis because that is what breeds empathy, tolerance, understanding. Yeah. If you are surrounded by people that are only reflecting back your same values, your same thinking, you are shouting to an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And that there, therein lies a lot, a lot of issue, yeah. right? Because you, you're not being challenged. You are not being challenged to think of this world in a way that is about something different than your normative. Mm-hmm. So you and I, we have got we have friends that have very re- different religious beliefs than us, mm-hmm. um, different uh, uh, beliefs around marriage, um, sexuality, race, ethnicity. And I feel like I'm constantly being checked by them. Oh, yeah. Me too. I love it. 
And it is a good thing because yeah. it has evolved me as a human being, mm-hmm. particularly people that have a different religious belief than me. Yeah. Um, my sister in particular really challenges me and how I have to be much more understanding and empathetic to people that have a deep r- relationship with religion and Jesus. If I am only surrounding myself with other atheists, I am not growing as a human being. Yeah. If I only surround myself with other gay folks, I am not understanding the challenges of living in a hetero marriage. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So gym owner. Yeah. I, I said this in, in, in my last, I don't know if anybody from the gym listens to our podcast or even knows that we have it, but there's another gym owner that's not this gym owner that's out there listening to this. Oh, yeah. Right? It's if not, you yeah. are putting the words on, we're inclusive, you are going to have to make space to listen and hear the people in your gym that are not in the majority. You don't just get to say that you're inclusive. Yep. It's very, what, performative? It's false. It's false. Yeah. And it, it's harmful. Yeah. Ooh, yep. False and harmful. Yep. Yep. There's some real right there. I know we're going to get some blowback from this one, but. You know, one, you know, like, I, I was like thinking the same thing where I'm like, should I have said anything? Should, where, how's this gotten here? And I'm like, but you know what? I don't regret all, like, any of this. Like, you know, just that core of, like, people telling themselves, like, we stayed true to we believe in circling back around and we tried multiple times. Like, we kept our, we, I feel like we stood up and did. We stood up and said, this didn't feel good. Yeah. Can you understand why? Which was true to ourselves. Can you understand why? Yeah. Okay, you're, you're not understanding why. How can I make this more palatable for you to get? I'm sorry that you feel scrutinized. That was not my intent, but I understand the impact of this. Mm-hmm. How can I help you here? Mm-hmm. What do I need to say? Yeah. I think what's what I just thought about too was like, you know, I've had situations where I can go into trainer mode and people are not either ready or they don't, they're not, they're not living each moment. Like what can I learn from every moment, every person I meet? And so it's almost like I can forget to say, I want to bring this. I want to, I want to try to connect and, and teach you something here. Like, and I know. And one yeah. of the last messages, um, and, 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 I, and, I, and I am done um, having messages here. But yeah. one of the last things I did send to this, this owner is I said, you know, I just need you to hear. We're not coming back to your, to your space. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why. I, it's now at the point where I am recognizing when, when or if we walked into that space, nobody really wants us there. That's what I was going to say, too. I'm like, and, and now it's just like... Because we... That we, film we is become, there. That film is there. Mm-hmm. You know, where, oh boy, I guess we can't use this language because Kim and Alex are here. Yeah. You know, that, that icky resid- residue film, I feel. Yeah. Right? We have made 
the heteronormative culture that exists there uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, yep. And we're going to feel it every time we walk in there. And quite frankly, it is not worth it for my mental health or to subject you to that time and time again when we walk in there. Yeah. So there's that. But I also want to get to this one final, I want to circle it back to this one final point about um, trans healthcare. So I want to bring this back to, to um, also just continuity of, of care um, within, you know, a, a, a physical training space is actually really important. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we may, we may lose for you through this because this gym owner um, has the ability to tell the trainer who has been a huge ally and advocate for you that he can't work with you anymore. Yeah. This is the reason, this is one reason why there are gay specific places, gay bars, gay stores, gay, because shit like this happens and you know, yeah. You get pushed out. You get pushed out. So that's the, that's the harsh or that's the reality. But anyway, yes. Um, what I feel like this, the, the gym owner probably has a very hard time seeing is when you just said you feel pushed out. That's actually how I felt. Mm -hmm. I felt that because I called into question a joke that I felt was harmful, it was, I'm eventually going to get pushed out for raising my hand and saying this didn't feel good. And that's yeah. what happened. And that if this space was truly inclusive, this gym owner would have recognized that, would have especially understood that continuity of care that you are receiving from that trainer who is an amazing ally, that that, that, is, that is a big deal. And that she actually holds that power because she can hold him in a non-compete and he can't work with you anymore. So not only has she pushed us out of a space because we called into question a joke, She's also using her power to control the ongoing care that you were receiving as a trans individual from a trainer who was really able to provide the care that you needed. Yep. So I like to give people takeaways. So here are a couple things I know to be true after this experience. You ready for them? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Number one. You cannot make a person see something they refuse to see. <laughs> this is true. Very true. Number two, microaggressions are death by a thousand paper cuts. Number three, a lot of folks out there really do want to listen and learn. Uh -huh. And when we do that, when we just say, oh my God, I didn't realize that that joke could have been harmful. I'm so sorry. Thank you for telling me. I will do better. That's all that's actually needed. Mm -hmm. And number four, when we allow our ego and fragility to rule, things are going to get messed up really, really quickly. So when someone says to you, that joke did not feel good, and you feel yourself going to a defensive place, that is your sign that that's your ego and your fragility.
Yeah. Stop, take it in Mm -hmm. and see if there's something there that you just need to learn. Yeah. Let it land. Let it land. It's going to hurt. So, but just let it land. You'll be okay. Get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yep. So allies, um, if you have someone that says to you, Hey, that joke isn't funny. Just listen. That's all you got to do. It's a sign to be silent and just hear the person speaking up. Promise you it's going to be okay. You can do it. You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to do anything. You just have to listen. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And on that note. And on that note, we did not get to our viewer, listener, mail this week but i guess maybe we'll maybe we'll do a minnesota we got a little bit we got a little bit more time Should you want to do it in this one yeah let's do it okay i don't have the listener mail do you have it <laughs> um yes we so all right so this is a shout out to chris in arkansas hey hey <laughs> So Chris um, emailed us and um, her daughter came out as Pan soon after we started the podcast. And so she reached out um, to me for info and, and, and tools. Um, and she was, is basically, they went to a family gathering in Iowa over the 4th in small town, middle of nowhere. And she told the wallet story three times. I love that. Yeah. And her husband's cousin is a lesbian and we re- had recently got married and she's, and she told me that, or she, and, and the, and the cousin had told her that she saw the ally frame for, for Facebook on pride and, and, um, and noticed that, that she changed her name to include the pronouns and, and, the, and, and, uh, she thanked her and said it was really cool. And, and so, so Chris was like, you know, it's, it's young. It was coming from a young person. So that made her feel really hip and awesome. Chris, who is hip and happening in Arkansas. Yeah. I love that. I know. And then um, just connecting, you know, how, um, and then her, her husband's in the Air Force and how um, she is supporting um, the, the, the airmen. Um, they're, all, they're all listening and, and supporting each other as, as airmen are coming out openly and figuring out where they are and... Um, just that it's a huge step forward for the military, which feels, that feels wonderful. Really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you, Chris. Thanks for telling us this. We, we love to hear these stories. So thank you for you as well. Yes. I, 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 I love hearing these stories. I love hearing, um, especially like knowing that in, in military spaces, because, I mean, my goodness, let's, what was it? Just a few years ago, we had a certain um, commander in chief that said, if you're a trans individual, you cannot be in the military. Um, The military ban place, a place on it. And, oh God, we could do a whole episode on that around um, the transphobia that existed with that and how people were actually taking on the argument that, well, it's just too expensive. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, holy shit, is that a false, 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 uh, unbelievably transphobic, ignorant, and just plain factually 
wrong. Mm-hmm. That is not fact. That is ideology that is rooted in transphobia. Yeah. Um, we can break that down if people are interested in, in a whole podcast of how if you were someone saying, well, I don't know that trans people should be in the military because it is an expense that we just don't need. Holy shit, did you go to the wrong side of factual learning? Mm-hmm. Not true. Yeah. So Once she acknowledges, she's like, we're still in the 1950s as um with with in in some situations but so um at the same time though they're affecting the the world around them the world around them so that's what we aim to do i think that's like our episodes going long and that's okay but i guess you know because we so much of the feedback that we do get is around allyship and sometimes i think you know if you look at it in, in totality, right, of how it's so massive, right, these structures that need to change, these systems that need to change. We talked about T-Mobile. I mean, talk about a massive organization that poor Bob clearly did not take in his training. <laughs> Bob, to you need to go back to training. <laughs> to understand. I get where, like, with, with allies, sometimes we can feel like it's just too big. It's too massive. But understanding that it is really about, a, on a granular level, how, how do you show up with one person? How do you speak up just one time? And um, a, a very dear friend of ours, Tina, mm-hmm. and her husband, John, who these might be the straightest people I know. <laughs> like, they're so, they're, they're so in love with each other and their hetero marriage, like, they're the straightest people I know. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love them, but they're so straight. I but I adore them. And they listened to our podcast, and Tina popped in to see us the other night. And she said, John and I have just realized we can't stay silent. We have to speak up. Yeah. And I was like, that, yes. That felt so good to that hear. That felt so good to hear that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like you, you can what did you say last night goes from your head to your heart to your hands and then and that promotes healing it, that promotes healing so, so that's hear, like yeah yeah that's the philosophy i use as a trainer right yeah. there's i use five different principles the the first four i can talk about another time but it's really about um to to say it super quickly it's um about understanding multiple like everybody has culture mm-hmm. right you know just Everyone has culture. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something to bring to the table. Um, and it, our job is to see those multiple, multiple cultural points, right? And that that's about building bridges. So if you, are, if you are a person that walks around saying everyone has culture and I want to learn life from multiple cultural points. So again, this is like going back to our gym owner who their best friend is just feeding them the same stuff. Yeah. It's really hard to, to learn if you're not taking in other people's culture and perspectives. Um, that everyone has a perspective. That's the third one. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something to bring to that table. Um, that that builds cultural bridges and that we're co-accomplices in this. Yeah. We're all in this together. This is not the work of the gay community. This is not the work of the black community. This is the work of everybody's community yeah. to come to the table. And if you can do those four things, really what you're doing is you are putting into your head something factual. So let's go with the gym scenario. I am factually learning that a joke about threesomes and pretending to be gay, not funny sometimes to a gay person. <laughs> I can empathetically feel that in my heart. Yeah. This wasn't funny to them. Yeah. 
So I'm going to put that into my hands. What do I do with that in my hands? I'm going to listen and I'm going to say, I'm going to do better next time. Yeah. So next time that I hear somebody in the gym making a joke about taking on or appropriating gay culture, I'm just going to say, Hey, that might not be funny. Yeah. And that is what promotes healing. Healing. And then that energetic synergistic bond between you and other people. Right. Because yeah. I think we're all invested in healing. Mm-hmm. We all want to do better. We're all doing the best that we can. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and with, with the direction that we decided we needed to go, you know, like it's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a divorce where like, you know, n- no one wins. It's oh, not, nobody it's like won a, in the situation. It's not, not like a winning or a losing or a black and white situation, but it, it just was like, um, Oh shoot. I just had it in my head. Just, um, you, 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 it's not quitting. You're, you're, you're valuing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're just changing course, going to where, going to where you're going to be actually valued and heard and respected. I think what, um, I'm going to sit on for, for a while after, after this experience is and this is something for for our for our, our gay brothers and sisters and, par- and partners and community members that listen to this um this is the question that i think we're always kind of answering for ourselves because this type of microaggression that happened at this gym this happens constantly yeah it's from the checkout person that asks us repeatedly is this order together yeah. i mean it's it's just it's the constant little things that we run into day to day and I think, you know, for members of our community that are listening, it's that question of when, when is it worth me speaking out? Yeah. And that's kind of like the heaviness that I'm sitting with, with this, because at the end of the day, you and I, in some ways we won because we held true to who we are, mm-hmm. that we were not willing to put hundreds of dollars into a business that was just determined not to hear us. Mm-hmm. So that decision feels good. But what doesn't feel good is, you know, we're walking into another space where this same shit is going to happen again. Yeah. And so as a member of the community, you know, this is the question that I think we're constantly faced with. What do you swallow and what do you speak up against? And that is a constant learning, learning space for me because I need to have a space where I'm focused on my physical health. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get that unless, you know, I'm not going to get that unless people like this gym owner can say, Hey, if, if someone here is saying something makes them uncomfortable, I'm going to listen and strive to make change. Yeah. I feel very powerless in that situation. Yeah. I think people with, you know, when you are in, we all have power when you are in a specific position of power, a business owner, a public figure, you have a moral responsibility to get, yourself out of the way Mm, say that again for people when you're in a position of power i mean we all have power but when you are a business owner um an influential person influential person you have to see yourself and humbly understand your own power and and have enough and get yourself out of the way because you're serving other people 
Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that's so true, Alex. You have a moral obligation. You have a moral obligation, moral responsibility to get yourself out of the way. Otherwise, you're just going to keep creating harm. Um, I, I want to like um, dog ear this for a future future conversation, but a lot of times um, when I am working with people one-on-one and I'm doing a lot of one-on-one in coaching um, of how to really build inclusive and equitable spaces, um, inclusive meaning everyone feels a sense of belonging, and equitable being equitable meaning it doesn't mean that everybody gets the same thing. It's that people get what they actually need. Yeah. Okay. There's a subtle difference there. Yeah. Um, very hard concept sometimes for people to understand. But a lot of times, what um, and I and I'm going to pick on um, hetero white women. Yeah. Hetero white women a lot, and and I include myself in this because I am I'm not um, I'm I'm a gay woman, but I'm white. Yeah. And I actually have a shit ton of power in my life. Yeah. A shit ton. And how was I using that power? Yep. And a lot of times, for me, especially when it comes to understanding things around race and ethnicity, the power was doing exactly what you said, was realizing that I had power and a moral obligation to create change. And that change sometimes meant I was going to have to be very uncomfortable. I was going to have to make space for others, not take space. And sometimes, like with power situations, we can get that real messed up in our heads. Mm -hmm. And in particular for white, straight women, because we've been fighting and clawing to get power for so long Mm -hmm. that we end up thinking once we have it, it is about us taking space. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. And white, straight women feel like they're losing something when they no longer feel... In control. In control. And so it's understanding that that control, that that um, hoarding mm-hmm. of space is so harmful, and that is not actual power. Power is saying, as a white woman, I am going to stand here and demand space for others, and I'm gonna yield my space for others. Yeah. That is fucking power. That would've looked like gym owner saying to best friend, you know what? we're wrong exactly we, we need, need to, to create listen. we need to listen we we need to listen and we're going to be welcoming yeah and just understand that these two humans their experience is different than ours mm-hmm. and ri- they were risking they were willing to be uncomfortable well and it didn't work out no it but. did not it did not work out the way i think anybody wanted yeah um, although I do agree with you that I think gym owner is super relieved because oh, yeah. they can go back to being comfortable and being a victim in this. Yep. Um, but you and I did not win in this situation. We are on the hunt for a new gym, yeah. for a, a new space to focus on our mental and physical well-being. Mm-hmm. If, if people out there have suggestions of a place, <laughs> send it our way because... I'm on a, I'm on a kick of getting back to get, but getting back to my joy. If you could have just seen Alex, (laughs) I love you so much, but you have a, you have 17 abs. (laughs) I joke about this all the time that I'm in like a save the one ab thing. Like I have one ab that like peeked its little head out and I'm like, there you are. And you have 17. I did not know that a human being, that the human body could have this many ab muscles. 
And just like to overshare for people, you love to walk around naked. You are a naked person. I do because I. <laughs> so I see all the abs all the time. I know. It's, it's, um, it's not a, it's just like, yeah, just feels free. I have, I have to say, oh, that's one of the things I love about you more than, I mean, I love so many things about you. You're such, <laughs> you're such a magical human being, but I have never met another human so comfortable in their nakedness as you. Nakedness is natural. But it does not feel natural to me. Well, and no, I know. And it, it's funny because like some of, you know, I, I even looked up n- naked hiking because I was like, I, I would love to just hike and yeah. I just can't, I cannot go naked hiking with you. But you know, I don't like the bugs. So the bugs, I was just gonna say, like, the bugs and the butt bugs. crack, it would just be a. You hate bugs you can't sit on our porch with bugs i know so the nakedness would lose over the bugs what is the appeal of being naked in nature um my for whatever reason i used to you know nail it down to one thing or another but now it's just it is what it is where i've always been um i've just been someone that like my my body was a way for me to interact with the world and there's lots of different layers there but just um i am totally i mean i wonder if i was you know i don't know in a former life something but i i am really comfortable just taking my clothes off and i would walk around the backyard right now if i could (laughs) so in our neighborhood i'm like it's more about everyone else's yeah (laughs) people can see in my sweatsuit and you're like (laughs) standing in front of the mirror with all your bits out like hey here I am well yeah I mean like I I I know that when I walk around naked like someone could just walk into the house and I'm like hey what's up like it's never happened of course but I know that I would they would be way more comfortable than I would be they would be yeah you're just like this is my bits and but but then it's like we all we all have the we all have a body that you know I I think when it comes to the physical body, I'm just like, I just, I think it's, well, and okay, (laughs) we're going off on a tangent because anyway, I'll just, there's, there's a, a, an empowerment there for sure. Oddly enough, I do not feel that empowerment in my body. I, 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 literally the first thing I do when I, cause I don't, I don't, I, I don't, and especially in the, in the summertime, I don't sleep wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second I, in the wintertime I do, because you're a hot box and I'm like, turn the heat on, please. Um, I am hardly ever naked. I, you know, get in the shower. I wrap a towel around myself. I take that towel. I walk into the closet. I find the clothes. And what do I ask you? I'm like, why are you wearing clothes? And then you tell me how boring that is. (laughs) Why are you wearing clothes? Boring. That's actually what you say to me. I know. And I'm like, because I don't want my my bits out all over the place. I know. Obviously. And that's, you know. Or what did we learn from Gwyneth? I don't want my vulva out. Oh my God. What would Gwyneth do? I wonder if Gwyneth walks around her house naked. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think everyone should. <laughs> so you, you know, you're giving me this look like, are you going to accept this challenge? And my answer is firmly, no. No, <laughs> we'll yeah. We'll never be walking around the house well, naked. My, my mom, um, she, 
we did this thing when I was a kid called skinny skating. God bless your mother. She really did this with you. So we, we, she really taught, you know, she walked around naked. My sister and I walked around naked. We knew our body parts and and the names of them. I knew the word Volvo when I was like in second grade. I thought it was a car. (laughs) That's Volvo. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, And then I just connect, you know, one thing to another where, you know, I was drawn to fitness, which became about the physical body. And then because I liked that, you know, I got into teaching it and then teaching it made me had to get made me have to get on a stage and then stage you're really exposed. And then then people are looking at your body, even though maybe you don't want them to, but you're forced essentially to be comfortable in whatever you got up on stage. So anyway, future episode, I need to tell the story of some of the times that you've performed with such body up on a stage and what (laughs) has happened to people when they see you move your 17 abs. (laughs) Okay. We're going to, we're going to shut it down now. Oh my God. I'm kidding. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great story and I love it. And it's one of my, yeah. Seeing you perform on stage, man, you've got that X factor. You just have it in spades. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> what is this? I'm your biggest fan. I follow you until you love me. Paparazzi. Oh, dear, okay, listeners, dear listeners. I am sorry for that. Okay, Alex, tell them to do all the things. We love you. Thanks for listening. If you want to email us, please, we want to hear all your stories. How to be queer. How to be queer podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok. Alex the Human Human or Kim Salvaggio, S-A-L-V-A-G-G-I-O 101 and Balls of Magic on Instagram and Balls of Magic on Facebook. I feel like we have a branding issue. We have all sorts of different names in all sorts of different places. I don't know. Well, we need I mean, our producer Andrea to help us here with some I know, brand I, stuff. Maybe I shouldn't even mention the TikToks because those aren't really like connected to our podcast, but they're just like more us. It's about, more. It's just about our. I, well, just, if you if people watch my TikTok, which I need to get back on, I haven't been on in a couple of weeks, but they will see literally what our day-to-day interaction is with each other where I just film you and say, Hey Alex. And then you tell me what we're eating for dinner. Yeah. Like that's my whole TikTok page. Yeah. But it's great fun. It is. Um, if you, if y'all can travel on over to youthscene.org, drop Mm -hmm. them some love. They've been amazing at supporting us. Um, thanks to our uh, producer, Andrea Sampson, who is amazing, talented, wonderful, helps us work out a lot of these ideas um, to my to our friends and family who listen and constantly give us um, positive feedback on here and story ideas and Tina, yeah, I totally outed you and John on here as our favorite hetero super hetero couple. You guys are the most hetero people I know, and I love you. You challenge us and you love us. Thank you. All right, y'all. Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>